0: Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj and joining me today is Bala Kamlakharan. Bala, welcome on the show.
1: Thank you, Nitin. Thank you for having me.
0: It's great to have you Bala. So let's start with who is Bala?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, Bala is uh, is Bala in Iceland. Um, (laughs) I moved here quite uh, quite some years ago, 16 years back. But uh, in a very short word, um, Bala is an investor in people, has been doing that for over a decade now and continue to uh, really get inspired by doing that and building a startup ecosystem in
0: Iceland. And I know none of what you do is easy and we would love to hear more about that. But now that we know a little bit about Bala, let's play a little game in one word, underrated or overrated. This is about the 10 or so different themes that impact us as a community. And I'll throw these at you and would love a one word response to it. Ready?
1: Sure. Go for it.
0: All right, let's do this. Uh, let's start mm. with DEI. It's, yeah?
1: it's it's underrated.
0: All right. I love the spirit, uh, stock market prices. Overrated. Okay. Metaverse
1: uh underrated
0: startup valuations
1: oh overrated <laughs> out of this world <laughs> interesting Depends on where from. you are <laughs>
0: uh what about cash
1: mm, i think overrated
0: okay the great resignation uh underrated okay stakeholder capitalism
1: um underrated
0: okay uh, what about crypto underrated okay real estate prices
1: depends on where you are <laughs> if it's if it's Reykjavik, it's extremely overrated <laughs> but maybe it changes where which zip code you're in
0: true but you know in general i at least i have not got exposed to somewhere where it's where it's not right now in in this uh in this market yeah uh, following up on that uh, question
1: yeah uh, oh underrated
0: okay and then uh nft
1: um underrated
0: okay hey, that was a lot of fun thanks for playing along and uh, i really appreciate it so, yeah thank you
1: It made me think even though, even though I had only one word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of the point, right? That it's fun, but also it gives me all of these different perspectives from around the world sitting right here while having fun. So thanks for playing again. Now let's talk something closer and more personal to you. What is Startup Iceland?
1: Yeah. So, um, I started, Uh, this initiative almost a decade back. This is right after I'd invested in one of the startups in Iceland. Um, The story of how I got started uh, maybe is uh, too long-winded for this interview. But I realized uh, it takes a village to actually start a startup and make it successful. So I said, maybe we should try to get uh, every founder in Iceland to uh, gather in one place and uh, let's celebrate uh, the idea of starting new. And I have to give context: this was in 2009, 2010. Iceland had just gone through a massive financial collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people were kind of uh, drawing on strings, uh, finding to find their foothold. Um, the world was pretty fluid here, and uh, quite. Um, Uh, should I say, uncertain, but what was very certain to me at that time was uh, founders and people who are starting new things is how we're going to get out of the mess, and I thought it would be a good idea to get them all together, and that's what led to Startup Iceland. Um, Also, while I'd invested in the startup, I noticed that the founders did not have a network outside of Iceland, and to build a global company, you need to build a network. Mm -hmm. So I thought what is a, what's a better way to do this and invite people from all over the world to come to Iceland and um, we hold like a conference, a TED style conference where we share stories, um, connect with people, learn from each other and hopefully, um, you know, uh, as they say, break bread and build those relationships which would help us um, build an ecosystem. And uh, so that's how it started. Uh, we have done the event for about nine years, and COVID kind of put a dampener on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the offshoot of that is founders from Iceland have built networks all over the world now. Um, the ecosystem has evolved to a point where it is uh, quite, uh, quite vibrant, which was always the mission. But then again, you know, there are various degrees of vibrancy. <laughs> And we continue to, you know, encourage uh, people, mostly students, actually. We, we spend a lot of time in the university. I teach how to start a startup in Reykjavik University. And we encourage uh, students to participate in hackathons. We, we want to encourage everybody to become builders and makers. I think uh, that's how we will remake the world. I don't think it's going to happen if we all just sit still and do nothing. I just think that uh, that makes logical sense. But of course, uh, what to focus on, how to do it, all those things are up for grabs. Anybody can decide how to do that. So we encourage that. So Startup Iceland was basically built with that in mind. And, um, you know, it morphed into lots of things because Mm -hmm. when I first started, I started blogging about what was going on in Iceland. I actually won uh, the Best Tech Journalist in Iceland award. I was not a journalist. So when I received the award, I, I basically said, I have no ambition of becoming a journalist and I'm not a journalist. I just happen to write about what is going on in our backyard. And I encouraged all the journalists to start writing about startups and founders. So, so that part of my journey stopped after that award. I, I didn't have to do it anymore. So somebody else took on the, the baton and ran with it. But in the heart of things, my, um, my ambition and drive was always to fix um kind of an injustice that we see in every community every society like let's say you go into a new ecosystem you're brand new you don't know anybody there you know how do you build those relationships how do you you know who's the one who's going to extend the first uh handshake and say hey welcome let's get started so startup iceland was supposed to be that and um and and it has played its role very well uh Lots more people have gotten connected with founders and others within the ecosystem. And we continue to do that. And then, uh, as I said, you know, I don't think um, the the journey has stopped. I think we're probably midway. We've got another decade to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, kudos for what you have accomplished in this past decade and looking forward to this continued success in the coming ten years, you know it really takes a village to build this ecosystem, which you have. Now, if you were to quantify the impact of what has been accomplished in this past decade, and I understand, I appreciate it's it's hard, but if you were to put some metrics behind it, how would you define those?
1: Um, I mean, it's it's again, you know, this is um, it's kind of like building a city, right? Let's yeah. assume that you you first land in this in this uh, barren land, and there's nothing there and you making uh, a first uh, step in say, let's say you build a shop. And by doing that, you kind of shown a model for others to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the impact to yourself might be just the shop, but 10 years down the road, mm-hmm. lots of things get built based on that foundation. I think that uh, at least Startup Iceland was that catalyst, that kind of, change the mindset of uh, lots of people in iceland that this can be done out of iceland and um, and, and and if i have to put very simple uh, metrics on that i mean i've uh, you know thousands of entrepreneurs and founders have gone through the event you know um, and and i think that in itself is a major win uh lots of startups have been founded Lots of investors have invested in the startups who met during the event. The connections made during the event has created tremendous economic value. Um, If uh, startup Iceland had not uh, done its job, I don't think today Iceland will have maybe five or six privately funded local venture capital companies Mm -hmm um who raised money from pension funds and uh, and actually deployed it into founders building companies out of Iceland and we are talking about um almost a billion dollars today and i remember very distinctly when i started there was actually one one venture capital company and that was a government run venture capital company huh. and the and the and the fund size of that venture capital company was million. Today, you know, we have multiplied that by a factor of I don't know what 10,000. Yeah, Uh, within 10 years. So I think uh, huge. I I mean, I I can't take credit for all of that. But I can say that somebody has to be the fire starter, somebody had to be the crazy one to actually go and do that crazy dance first. Yeah. And uh, I can always take credit for that crazy dance <laughs> because nobody else did it before. So once I did it, everybody else started following that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you know, I, I think it is, it is easy to copy a model than to start a new one. And in that regard, I think Startup Iceland played a very big role. Um, but I was obviously inspired by a lot of people. You know, it's, it was not just me. It was lots of other people. And uh, I just happened to kind of, you know, take the take the bait, if you will.
0: <laughs> True. And I think it's at the end of the day, not really the metrics or the numbers, but the but the fact that it's possible, the faith that a nation can come together and do this. And the most cool part is that you were the most instrumental in making this happen and making this a reality.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would definitely agree. I actually wrote a blog for uh, and I think that was kind of like the, like the ruse, I kind of uh, noticed that I, I I'd kind of, I don't know, maybe woken up something within the community. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote a blog post with the title, uh, the next Google can be built in Iceland. And suddenly there was lots of people. And by the way, when I started the blog, probably a few people, my wife and maybe a couple of my friends read the blog <laughs> but this blog this blog post had like i think five or ten thousand people who read it and it was mostly in iceland so i kind of knew that i would kind of struck a chord somewhere so people were looking for somebody to have a vision somebody to kind of show what should we be doing and and i do believe that you know um and, and founders are, you know, they, they were there, they were building companies. It just kind of gave them that spark, right? They kind of started believing. Right. And a lot of times I have realized that uh, just encouraging the potential in people and believing in them and telling them, you know what, nobody knows anything anyway. So might as well go and build something and do something and you learn something along the way. And I think that's a great way to get started and maybe... That's something that I inherently had in me because, as I, you know, you, because somebody believed in me, right? That's that's how we are all here, yep. and I, I happen to just pass it on and just pay it forward by saying, you know, somebody believed in me and said I could do something, and then I did it, and the same thing that we can do to the others that we meet. So, so, so maybe, uh, you know, in a in a in a shorter form that was kind of like the change and, and it has kind of made a big impact right because mm-hmm. uh, all the way from the president of iceland to uh, a taxi driver today in iceland not that taxi drivers in iceland are any low category people or anything of that sort it's just that you know the 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 pay grade if you will yeah. is very different and some of my good friends are taxi drivers mm-hmm. the the real thing is that all of them know startups and technology they understand that this is a world that is changing the future of Iceland. And I think that is, uh, you know, you can't put any monetary impact on that. I just think that it is just a very, um, you know, you just have to be at the right time at the right place or wrong time at the right place or wrong time at the wrong place, depending on what you want to get out of it. But it has served me well in terms of uh, just my own purpose, uh, my own inspiration and uh, me continuing to uh, you know push the boundaries of what's possible and what's not possible
0: i think the one key takeaway from this is you've been at the epicenter of all of this and everyone from the taxi driver to the president knows that it's you at the center of all of this when it comes to startups and that's a pretty cool place to be in kudos for that
1: it was more the fruit of the labor right it uh, it was it was never the intention yeah. But it so happened that uh, that's what uh, resulted.
0: Through this ten-year journey, where do you think you stand today? What is the biggest challenge, not just for Startup Iceland, but as an ecosystem? What would you say is the most pressing thing?
1: I mean, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I'm a I'm a venture investor. I'm a, I'm a you know, I run a small seed fund. And we have invested in really early stage companies. And um, the biggest challenge is, you know, because none of this has been built yet, Mm -hmm. you need to have the same enthusiasm as you did when you get started throughout the journey. That's a big challenge, right? I mean, keeping the same energy level while you're building um, from first day to, uh, to the time, whatever, maybe the milestone. Uh, maybe going IPO or or doing something of that sort. Uh, By the way, IPO is not the real metric. The real metric is when you go to IPO, what it means is that you have impacted uh, the lives of a lot of people in whatever that you built. And I think that's a good thing to do either way. Uh, So the the big challenge I would see is just continuing that energy. Uh, I think anybody everywhere, anywhere today, I think technology has been democratized anyone who has access to the internet and has access to a computer can create economic value. And I think that is a pretty amazing thing that we see today. And there are lots of people, um, that I always, uh, you know, uh, at least I, it used to bother me when I started, but no longer, it doesn't bother me anymore. I just, I just don't think about them at all. <laughs> you know, the people who are naysayers, like, who 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 have not given any thought, and then they kind of say, "Well, it can't. It's not possible." Yeah. And and I always uh, think that that's also a big challenge. You know, there's there's lots of people, as as somebody told me, uh, somebody who has not given it much thought is very quick to come to a decision, but yeah. somebody who's actually given it a lot of thought and worked on it has to deliberate before making a decision because uh, they they understand more and uh so those are those are in my opinion big challenges that we face today and and i think everybody has to think for themselves i think uh we are uh we are in the world where there is access to almost unlimited information Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's knowledge or wisdom right information is just information uh knowledge and wisdom you have to kind of weave it together and make your own uh thought process and and actually do the the scientific approach to ask whether it's true or facts all those things today you know we're seeing that uh, a lot of us are not doing and i think that's a big challenge right when we have to solve big problems we cannot jump to easy conclusions we have to really deliberate and and go deep in and maintain that energy and and you know do it in a civil way and be kind and you know, and and, and engage in, uh, I don't know, civi- civil disagreements, as yeah. they say. Yeah. Although things are, in my opinion, big challenges today, because as I see it, this is not going to get resolved itself. Everybody has to make an effort to resolve it.
0: True. And also to your point, it's not just that it's having to commit to doing this hard work and not just because it worked for somebody else, It is going to work for you because it really has to be relevant to this context and you know as we talk about challenges we also talk about opportunities what do you think is the biggest and most exciting opportunity lying ahead of you
1: as charles dickens said it's the best of times and it's the worst of times yes i do believe it is the best of times primarily because as i as i mentioned before uh technology has been democratized right i think today Um, anybody, anywhere in the world, who can possibly spend time and learn and has the drive can create economic value for themselves and for everybody around them. That is a very unprecedented time that we live in. I just don't think that it was always the case. Mm -hmm. I think today that is the case. You can, uh, you know, all you need to do is uh, spend some time on the on the on the web 3.0 or the crypto world and you will realize there are plenty of things that need to be built and anybody who's willing to take the time to build it will derive economic value i'm not talking about speculation i'm not talking about you know buying a token or or speculating on a token i'm talking about building some real things that people want like uh, you know we we encourage all founders that we work to say you know build something that the world wants mm-hmm. doesn't know it wants yet but you need to be able to do that and today it's never been easy to do that but of course commit time to do it commit effort to do it uh commit uh you know just like getting good at any skill you know you want to play basketball and you really want to compete guess what you got to work on the skills yeah. uh you want to you want to get good at uh, chess guess what? You gotta, you gotta, you know, do the work. The same is true uh, in uh, the startup slash technology entrepreneurship world, because that's the world I live in. I call all founders, my tribe. So those are the tribe of people that I kind of gravitate towards because they are builders, they're makers, they're problem solvers. And I think uh, those are the people we need, you know, there's uh, nothing wrong with other, other things, but uh I don't know, uh, thinking about catch 22 right. and, uh, how, how, uh, the world can be very easily defined by different ships we get on. Mm-hmm.
0: Makes sense. And, you know, but as you look back in the rear view mirror and think about things that worked and, and some that did not, what is one lesson learned, but also a success story that uh, you're really proud of and, and you should show off a little bit. We'd love to see both sides of it.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, again, you know, I, I think when I look back, every every team that I have committed uh, time and money to work with has been a fantastic learning experience. Um, I think the first one, uh, the first investment I made, I think it should be I think I should tell the story because uh, for anybody who wants to start on this is uh, it might be a good uh, good way to uh, learn quickly. So I, I I knew nothing about venture, nothing. I knew nothing about startups. I'd never built a company myself. I had no idea. But I used to work for a bank, so we used to fund a lot of businesses. So <laughs> you know, I just thought that just because I did that. But by the way, I used to work in management consulting. I advised a lot of big companies. So the confidence of being able to look at a problem and being a problem solver. I said, you know, how difficult a startup can be. I mean, big deal, right? <laughs> I started work. Excuse me. I started working with a team, and they were raising money, and uh, I had no money to start with. And um, I I told them that I was an investor. I convinced them to work with me on uh, because I, I saw that they needed work. They they made a pitch deck, and that pitch deck was incomplete. It needed some work. So I basically just worked with them to build the pitch deck. And I took the pitch deck and I actually pitched it to my family, basically my cousin back in India. And uh, I literally, you know, uh, begged him to give me some money to go and invest in this team. And he just took pity on me and said, okay, fine, you know, go do something with it. And 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 he gave me, you know, I think a few hundred thousand dollars and said, go do it. So to tell you how much of a noob I was, I took the entire money and I wrote one check into this whole into this team and you know just started working with it and um by the way it was great to write that check to get in and started working the only problem was you know six seven months uh, into it we ran out of the buddy. <laughs> so so we we were we were staring into the abyss of going bankrupt because uh, we had, I don't know, six to 10 people working and, mm-hmm. you know, by the way, we were gaining customers, but we were still burning money. So I i was literally, I had no idea what to do. And I, I, I because I used to work for a bank, I, I knew some investors and I knew people who had money. I ran around to all of them and All of them very politely told me to get out of the room, very politely. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so that's a lesson for somebody to uh, to take on. Uh, You have to build a network of investors before you start investing. You know, if you don't do that and you just go head in and you just start doing it, you will find that this can be a tremendously hard journey. luckily you know as they as they say you know i was able to find a way to solve the problem i'm saying i but it was the team and everybody who was part of that team that solved the problem uh we raised additional funding we we did all kinds of uh clever creative things to you know keep the company up and running until we raised the money and we raised the money and then uh, within uh, another year that company was acquired by uh, a NASDAQ listed company. And, and when I look back, uh, that company, the first company is where I had the most learnings uh, because it was, it was terribly, terribly hard. I, I literally, every night I would just literally cry to sleep because I, I, I had no uh, resort. I didn't know how to solve this problem. But we were somehow able to solve it. And uh, when I look back, that company was the first company in the 1,000-year-old history of Iceland to be acquired into Silicon Valley. Wow. And, uh, and I was, you know, this was my first investment. And um, we somehow landed it. <clears throat> and um, so that was a fantastic experience. And um, it was, uh, you know, I, I mean, looking back, I would say I learned a lot of things but I, I i keep making other different mistakes so, sure. so that's Isn't that's that the, where the startup journey yeah it is it is it is <laughs> it is about uh, it is about uh, it is about that um, i mean what i'm maybe really proud of is um, is the fact that i never gave up on any founder i invested <clears throat> never given up on them i never gave up on them uh, even when they themselves start doubting, I'm always the one saying, no, I'm not giving up on you. I'm here. So let's get to work and let's uh, figure that out. That's something that I'm really proud of because I never gave up on any of the teams and all of them have landed. So that that is, again, something that I'm uh, extremely proud of. That's because, uh, as I said before, you know, when you start believing in a version of the future mm-hmm. and you start keep working towards that, suddenly that future manifests itself. Hmm. And and it's true with people. It's true with ideas. It's true with anything. And I think uh, if anything, I would encourage everybody to, you know, uh, give more belief, you know, have faith and, and, and push forward and you'll find the way.
0: I think that's extremely important as an investor to have that confidence and that perspective. You know, when we deal with this imposter syndrome from time to time, and as confident as we may be at the beginning, we do tend to question ourselves, our capabilities, and our environment. And, uh, you know, to have that person be there to remind you to be that North Star for you, uh, especially if that's your investor who's doing that for you, can be extremely helpful.
1: Yeah. I think you're you're absolutely right. I just think that you know I wish uh, and, and and this is probably maybe advice to uh, founders and entrepreneurs and startup people who are working on these things. Mm-hmm. When you uh, are looking to raise money and you start talking to investors, you know, look for the kind of people that will do that for you. Right? I mean. As, no, just as you check. probably you know not yeah. just to check. I think that the check part'm I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's not important. I think it is important. but what is more important is the kind of person you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm I am extremely um, you know picky about the founders mm-hmm. I work with because if if I feel in my gut that you know they're not gonna fit, I usually just walk out, even though it might be the, the best deal in town. Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, for me, all this is not that important. Yes, you know, money, economics are important, but end of the day, you need to be able to sleep well. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to build relationships. And uh, I tell this to founders, you know what? I write the check. This is a, you know early check, but the only requirement I have is 10 years from now, we should be able to look each other in the eye, break bread, yep. give each other a hug and say, you know what? We gave it all and let's see what happens. Yeah. Right? I think that's important from a personal point of view. And I, and I make sure that founders understand that. Um, and, and, you know, it's, you know, end of the day, this is a, this is a people business. I think people totally forget mm-hmm. that end of the day uh, on the other side of the table is a person And um, with all this money and valuation and billions and unicorns and all that stuff, we forget that, uh, you know, we're all just small kids. So we just need to figure that part out.
0: (laughs) So simple, yet so profound. And that brings us to my favorite part of the show, One Line Life Lessons, right? Uh, These are, again, extremely simple, straightforward, but profound and often life-changing. we would love to hear your one-line life lessons.
1: Sure. Um, again, you know, um, I think um, a lot of these sayings me have a lot more depth, um, and, I, and I've and uh, I've and I've used them with the founders I work with all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we always say that you know, um, bad news never gets good with time. <laughs> yes. Right. Bad news is bad news. You deal yep. with it right now and you basically have to make an action. You have to resort to doing something. So the one-liner is bad news never good. It gets good with time. Yep. And the other one that I really like is uh, common sense is not common practice. <laughs> yes. you know, everybody, everybody talks about common sense, but uh, very few people actually put it into practice. And uh, one more thing that I've uh, always said you know, being contrarian is easy, mm-hmm. but being contrarian right is hard, is very hard, right? So you got to really do the work to, to be right about being a contrarian. And, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, the venture world, um, you have to be a contrarian. Mm-hmm. You know, you just gotta have to think differently about it. So this is something that is close to me. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about it before, you know, it's easy to copy a model than to build one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we also, you know, and, and the future doesn't get built by itself. Right. Yeah. doesn't get built by itself. Somebody has to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are all, you know, common, common things that I remind myself uh, every day. And, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's useful. <laughs> and, and, it and last but not least, yeah. Uh, Disenchantment is not wisdom. Love that, <laughs> right? Uh, I, 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 the reason I, I, I really uh, gravitate towards that one-liner is because I used to work in a bank, and I and I, you know, in the bank there are various groups of people, and the credit managers are my favorite groups of people because they are what I call pessimistic optimists. <sighs> Yeah. Right. They always think about all the things that can possibly go wrong in the world mm-hmm. and why they shouldn't do something. Right. Yeah. And why if you do that long enough, right? What happens is you kind of just become a kind of person, but nobody wants to be around. <laughs> you know, you you know, you, you just don't want to be around these people because it's just always about how the glass is half empty you know and only optimists build the future pessimists never build the future right and the future that we want so and then they become and 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 when people stop being closer to them then they become kind of disenchanted and because they get to make decisions they kind of personify that that's wisdom and and the truth cannot be far from that right the, the truth is far far from that Uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't be prudent, doesn't mean you shouldn't be careful, does not mean that you shouldn't analyze things, but you also need to have an open mind to say, you know what? Yes, all the things can go wrong, but what if it works?
0: Actually, that's the true spirit of entrepreneurship, right? We know we are going to fall, we know we are going to face hurdles, but it's really about getting up again and again and again and again.
1: Absolutely yeah absolutely you got you got to you got to have that mindset if you don't have that mindset um, this is this becomes a very lonely long road and uh, and then you you never see the end
0: <laughs> bala thanks for sharing those one liners with us and for our audience we have an entire collection at onelinelifelessons.com and pretty much everywhere where you socialize digitally uh, bala thanks again for being with us we really appreciate it good luck on the next 10 years and we'd love to have you come back on and talk about more successes and more lessons.
1: Thank you, Nathan. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun, and I uh, cannot wait to get back uh, and chat more about the paint. There's lots.